Welcome, you are listening to Links at Bain & Gray, a catalogue of podcasts centred on all things business support in the workplace. Our aim is to bring you interesting and relevant content that will keep you up to date and thriving in your role. Hi Emily, is that okay? Good morning Simone. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. Um, I'm absolutely delighted to welcome you this morning to our Links Presents. Um, Simone, a little bit of background before we launch into our array of questions. Simone, you have, I would say, um, almost a sort of picture per- perfect CV. Um, looking through your A-levels and then your master's at St Andrews um, and then moving into uh, retail and then spanning a few other industries across the way including steel, mining, (laughs) digital, advertising and then ending up with what I would say is sounds like an absolutely dream job on paper. Currently um, EA to the CEO at Matches Fashion. Yes, I have. I've um, gone across a couple of industries. I've gone full circle and ended up back at my first love, which was fashion. Yes. <laughs> um, however, I have to say, I really value the experience that I've had working outside of the industries as well, because like many EAs and PAs, um, most of our skills are transferable. And I yes. think actually just working with uh, different industries and different types of management and styles is really good as an assistant because it just broadens not only your experience but your um, personality as well because certain industries for example steel is by nature very male driven they have very different ways of um, requesting work and then how they expect it to be done Um, it's a very proactive industry um, Mm. very delivery driven and then obviously fashion is a completely different uh, beast. Animal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, actually, just going back a little bit, Simone. So you actually, after you did your master's, you actually went on and studied fashion. Is that right? I did. It was sponsored by my first company that I worked for. So it was a part-time sponsorship in um, Central St. Martin's uh, Beginners Fashion Design. Never any ambitions to go off and be a designer, but it was just a thank you from them uh, for all the work I did. And they just sort of said, we'd like to offer you to do a course in whatever interests you. So I had free reign. So that was really lovely because I always thought, what you obviously nice thing to do. <laughs> so nice and you obviously back then had a, had a sort of interest in fashion yeah um, but on the sort of commercial business side I'd, um, I suppose is, is what you've done is honed those two interests with your PAEA background yes. um, so you've I mean again you know referring back to your sort of your your CV it's almost sort of picture perfect really um, which is incredible what took you because I think you started, was it Prada as well as one of your first roles? So I, yes, that was uh, the second role that I moved to. I worked in the, uh, in the store in Sloan Street as a store administrator. Uh, fantastic experience in that my first role in retail was for a wholesaler. So that was very much what I would call the back end, mm-hmm. uh, the commercial banking, the testing of the garments, etc. Um, and then when you go into the store, you're really seeing... Uh, first-hand customer service in terms of uh, up on the shop floor, in in the office, all the calls that we used to receive. And then you actually just really get to learn how a shop floor runs um, 
And I think that's when you work in retail, that's essential because Absolutely. you just see the mechanics of it. And yes, it's because such yeah. an understanding. Because you're right, I suppose, in, in, in the head offices, um, and actually I started my career in a retail head office, you know, we, we, you work so far in advance as well. Um, you know, I remember discussing yes. Christmas sort of, I don't know, February. Um, but, you know, you, you sort of forget if you don't have that, that contact with the outside world, the very end product, like you said, being on the shop floor, the selling in, actually what the customer wants to experience, what, what to buy, that is the best way to learn. Um, to see it at the, at the end of the cycle. Um, so you were on the shop floor in Prada, and then where did you go after that? So no, I was in I was on the uh, store in Prada, and just uh, the shop floor we had above us. But the good thing was that Prada had very much uh, everybody hands on approach. Um, so for example, if they were short of people on the shop floor, you would go and help out. I used to also help out with the um, cashiers if we needed extra cover, do the reconciliation of the banking at the end of the week. So fantastic. And then great, great team environment. <laughs> yeah. And we had the glamorous bits as well when we used to do the trunk shows. So we used to organize that as well all the invitations, getting all those you're, ready. Simone, you're going to have to tell me what a trunk a trunk show is. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so that's in between the main seasons. It's it, essentially for the very wealthy clients um, when they have the cruise collections and things just before they go off for the summer sailing, as one does. <laughs> as one does. How amazing. Wow. A miniature I'm fashion show um, with a VIP uh, top clients invited and the stores closed for the event fantastic um, really lovely and tell me what sort of talk me through gently sort of after Prada where did where did your PA EA role where did that um, develop so after Prada I very oddly changed completely and I went into work for ArcelorMittal um, which is a giant of stainless steel and I went to work for a board member and I would say that, ironically, this is where I really cut my teeth as an assistant um, because it's just ArcelorMittal is a huge company and the responsibility my first board member there had was huge. Um, when he retired, they replaced him with three or four other members. So it just covers wow. sort of his work span and very different way of working. Um, the way they worked was that they it was a very high volume of work, very detailed work. And equally, uh, the mentality was we need this, this, this. They have no interest in how you get that information or get the work done. They just want to see the end result. Yeah. So it was in that sense, I went from having a role which was very reactive mm -hmm. uh, to really having to think on my feet, ask the right questions. My boss used to travel back to back weeks and sometimes months on end. So it was really intense um, and very difficult at first mm. um, but having said that once you got going it was fantastic because they just gave you a lot of parameter as well to take on extra things if they saw you were good at something um, you were allowed to take it on within your your own bandwidth. So it sounds like coming from a retail environment and moving into this environment very different um, yes. in terms of culture, pace, support yes. expectations and it's so, corporate as well very yeah. different so how did you was that something you consciously wanted to experience or was it more that you were attracted to the person that you're working for what sort of took you in that direction 
Uh, I think at the time I'd reached a bit of a glass ceiling in Prada with a lot of the retail companies. It's sometimes quite difficult to move um, into head office or to progress within your role. And so when I was contacted for the role, it just was the possibility, I think, essentially to start right at the top of the tree as an assistant at board level. Um, So it was very much being thrown in at the deep end but also really being given an opportunity that was very rare um, Mm -hmm. for someone at that level. Um, And I just thought, let's just go for it. What's the worst that can happen? (laughs) Good for you. So it was a sink or swim and you definitely swam. Yeah. There was a lot of ferocious paddling going on underneath for the first (laughs) six months. Um, Very, very difficult initially, just huge inboxes to manage um, and just a completely different industry and culture and um, I didn't come from an engineering or background so it was just a huge amount of information to process and you were were there for a good nearly five years which I was yes amazing Um, what, what, what pushed you back into into the sort of more media world so when my uh, final boss retired, his replacement was then in our Luxembourg head office and he already had an established assistant. Um, and during the credit crunch, I had also inherited facilities management. So I didn't really want to, whilst I did it because it was part of my role and during the credit crunch, I think everyone was just happy to have a role at that time. It wasn't an area that I wanted to stay in. Um, so then there was no role left. So then I said, right, that's it. (laughs) Start again. And I thought, I'm ready now to go back to the creative side as well. Yeah, I bet. Um, So before we sort of move on and bring bring us up to date in your your career and where you are at the moment. So what's what's been the biggest hurdle, would you say, that you've had to overcome as a PA? I think... For me, what's been very difficult, I've worked for many different types of personalities of principles. And I think what I have found very challenging, I have, and I'm sure every assistant has, I've had a couple of very tricky personalities to deal with. Um, And whereas now I'm sort of 16 years in and I can handle it relatively very smoothly, when I was a bit younger and at the beginning, I found it very difficult. um, And I found it very hard to sort of separate that it was actually just them and that they treated everybody that way. But Mm -hmm. I think our roles, you're so close to your manager, you're often the one who takes the brunt. Um, And I think, to be honest, I find that very difficult when Mm -hmm. there's a lack of empathy for the amount of work you're doing or there's an unnecessary criticism. And how have have you find that? Very how how have you dealt with that? Because that is that is a theme. Um, with yes, the unfortunately, the business support um, that their executives that they're supporting. Um, how how what tools have you used, and what advice would you pass on to our links listeners for that? I think the one thing that I've always had, and I think every really good good assistant has, is that they have a level of emotional intelligence, which is somewhat more attuned than other roles and other people perhaps Mm -hmm. again I think that's both natural and also something that is related to the role and the type of work that we do and because we're obviously sometimes the main contact of that person so I think that when I've had very difficult assistance the one rule I always stay by whether it's on my keyboard or in person is to just breathe step back a moment 
and just let sometimes you just have to let that person vent even mm-hmm. if inside in your head you know that they're wrong mm-hmm. um, and if you're lucky they'll come back and realize and then sometimes you just have to be as polite as possible and say okay fine leave it with me even though you already know that what you're doing has been done yeah um, and then often I've had them come back and say oh, I'm so sorry actually now that I've read through the trail you did do this yes but in that moment you just need to let them uh, yes. vent because they have a lot of pressures as well from and particularly when you work at sea level mm. uh, but also when you've got managers who are who are in charge of huge departments with lots of delegates you have to just realize that sometimes you are that person that they're yeah. just going to take it out on yeah and I think sadly step you know from it. step back yeah from it you can. and, and try and be on at times try and be unemotionally attached because I think you're right I think part of a good EA is you are so close to your executive that they are without thinking they're gonna you're gonna be the first person that takes 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 whatever's gonna come at you um and I think you just got to be thick-skinned and like you said it's not personal it's sadly part of the role um talking about that what would you say has been your most challenging PA role to date and why um, I think probably ArcelorMittal, just in terms of the sheer volume of work. And then also, as I said, when I inherited facilities management, I essentially inherited uh, a manager's role plus an assistant role. Um, and it was just sort of having to have an invisible twin. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just at times it was very, very difficult keeping on top of the inbox, keeping on top of the priorities um, and just also trying to stay sane and finding a work-life balance. Yes. That was, that was difficult. And that just sometimes required some extra planning um, and just having a moment to think, right. Okay. And also learning to delegate because I think by nature, a lot of assistants, we take on sometimes far more than we need to. When sometimes we can just say, let me find out from this person, let me um, share the workload. So now I have, now I manage PAs and have done for a long time, but I also have the approach of divide and conquer. Yeah. And often we don't do that because a lot of us are perfectionists and we think it will only get done perfectly if I do it. <laughs> so you've learned the art of delegation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I find that quite hard because I, I tend to just want to do it myself just because yes. I know it's done really well. <laughs> I think I'm a little bit guilty of that as well, Simone, to be honest. Yes, um, but that's hard. again about trust, isn't it? It's building up trust with your team and knowing that actually they'll deliver and actually they might deliver even in a better way. Some, some, some yes. things that, you know, you wouldn't think that, that would be it can be different, but it can definitely be better. Um, again, one thing that I think you, you really stand out as, a, as an EA to, to me and at Bain and Gray is that um, you seem to go into companies and um, for whatever reason it is, your executives might might change. And I think you've done that most recently at Gray and then most recently at Matches Fashion. And this, I think, is a real skill, Simone. Um, going into a role, interviewing for a role, getting the chemistry with your boss and then suddenly inheriting another boss. And then perhaps a year later, another boss. And you seem to be really good at this. And I think this is, this makes you quite exceptional because I, and I'd love to know your thoughts around this, but I always think as an EA, it's all about the relationship with somebody that you're supporting. Yes, 
it is about the industry and yes it is about the company but primarily it's about the about the person so perhaps we should talk about matches because that's where it's happened most recently am I right in thinking you've had four that is correct yes in less than four years is that right uh, three CEOs and one executive chairman. Um, so yes, I started off with my first CEO. Unfortunately, after a year, he was moved on. I then had six months of looking after an executive chairwoman remotely who was based in New York. Um, I then looked after the second CEO. Uh, just under a year later, he was also replaced and I'm now on number three. Wow. <laughs> um, <laughs> And fingers crossed that's the last one for a little while. (laughs) They are so lucky to have you because I imagine the transition of coming into the business or coming into that role and having you there with the history and just the sort of consistency must have been a massive help for them. I mean, I have to say, particularly now, the second and the third one, because obviously the first one we both started at the same time, I was brought on to look after him. But the second and third, I think for them, it's almost like having a calm person they can speak to who's got the background knowledge and particularly for my new CEO well not so new now he uh, I was the only one left from the exec board um, within a couple of months of him starting I looked and I thought my god I'm the original one left (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yes I think it's that background knowledge and also just being someone that knows the rest of the team and when he needs to find something out uh, we're a team of almost 400 in in the shard so it's also he knows that I know who to go and ask or where to find out the information from um, and yes and then I've built those relationships that if he needs something quickly I can get it fantastic uh, mm. but yes but were, yes it's a lot <laughs> were you were you given opportunities because sometimes in businesses you know at this level people bring their own EA um so were you given opportunities to be moved internally or or to leave or I mean what was this something that you grabbed with with um with both arms and sort of welcomed the change or what was the sort of situation around it in this particular case I wasn't offered any other role it was just a case of um here's your new CEO (laughs) in the back of my mind I did have particularly after the first time I had that worry I thought because you often wonder if your new boss will bring their old EA. Um, and I thought to myself every time I thought, okay, and this is very much how I work in general. I have my skill set, but then I think to myself, each new person, and I go in as a blank sheet and I'm sort of think to myself and I say to them, how do you work? What works best for you? When should we speak to each other? When should we contact each other? When do we look over things? Which meeting should I join? What value can I add? Mm. Um, and I think it's very important because a lot of assistants sometimes they don't change their way of working with their bosses and they almost get their boss to fit around their way and then it doesn't Mm -hmm. quite work Mm -hmm. and I'm almost the opposite where I am a bit of a chameleon and then even when I've had multiple principles I have different ways of working with each one yeah Um, and in this case it's actually worked really with my boss currently and the former one I've joined lots of meetings um I follow up the action points he often knows that I've checked emails in his inbox before he has I flagged them to him um and it just works well it's just building that sense of trust and sometimes building it very quickly um particularly when they're brought in and then the teams are going to change again they're going to relook at the structure 
Mm-hmm. So you have to build that rapport very quickly. Yeah. Do you think that, that now um, for you, your career as an EA is, is, is always going to be in the sort of the luxury retail area? Is that now that you've sort of dipped your toe in other areas throughout your career, but do you now feel this is what you feel most comfortable in? I think I would definitely say within the creative field, having worked in steel <laughs> for nearly five years, yeah. I, I believe that what's important to me now, particularly as my role has developed in that I attend a lot of the senior meetings, I follow up on the actions. Right now, I'm now on the ESG uh, core team at matches that we're now um, bringing back to life. It definitely has to be an industry where I can understand what's going on um, because with the volume of emails and the meetings mm-hmm. I attend that's really important to me I love fashion I wouldn't say that I'm limited to only working in fashion but it definitely would have to be an industry that I feel passionate about yeah um, and I would say that to any assistant really that it's really important particularly when you have inbox management um, or you're dealing with a big team to to learn as much as you can of the industry that you're in yeah. because then you'll keep on adding value and it will also Absolutely. make it will also just enrich your life as well um mm. because mm. there's nothing more mundane than not loving the industry you're in yeah absolutely and like you said it's the adding the value it's the extra bits as well so that you can sort of always be one step ahead so Simone I know I think am I right in thinking you're fluent in two languages or is it uh two yes so amazing Spanish fluently and then French at intermediate level amazing so my next question is um what skill if you could pick up a new skill um and this doesn't have to be even um, work related but what what would it be what would you like to learn what would like you have in your sort of bag of armory <laughs> I think I do love languages I'm currently um ongoing with Italian and I've started Mandarin which is oh wow <laughs> it's, oh it's a little bit crazy but I just I've got a I have dyslexia so I've actually got a very strong um photographic memory so mm-hmm. when I'm going through the practice it's quite good uh, because I recognize all the symbols But definitely, if I I could have a magic chip for languages, I would love it. I love being able to travel and go to countries and just speak a few words and just have that basic communication and that politeness of not having that stereotypical, do you speak English? (laughs) Yeah, it's a gift, isn't it? It is. It's a gift to be able to speak foreign languages. It's just, it's amazing. Um, So what three things, um, well, what, what three attributes do you think make a good PA? I would say the core one is organization and granular attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of assistants think they have it and they really don't. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. I would, and I would say, and that's from my working with assistants at the same level or managing assistants, um, you need to be a little bit OCD mm-hmm. when you look, because your bosses are basically, you need to think of the fact that they're just relying on you to be their air traffic control often they're not looking at the tiny details they just expect it to be there Mm -hmm. and obviously it will differ from principle to principle some of them are much more self-sufficient than others however I think whether it's the most basic thing when you're building an itinerary or when you're working on a vendors conference or whatever it is thinking about plan a plan b plan c and having something in the back of your mind ready and just, it all goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. And it will, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, 
I think that's really important. Um, again, emotional intelligence. I think this builds with time and it it's a uh, comes with experience, but at the same time, it's something you can work on. I mm. think I've always had it quite naturally, but then each principle I've had, I've picked up on small things. I know when they're stressed. I know when I have to manage people away from them in open desk situations when people come up and they often just want a quick word with whoever your manager is and just having that gravitas to say not right now come mm. back pop me an email mm. or sometimes it's just getting that person a glass of water or popping out and getting them their lunch because you yeah. know that there's deadlines on or that they've received an email that's possibly irked them and just I think having that and knowing it rather than just sort of doing the surface level work yeah yeah um, I, I love the analogy about the air traffic control I I'm oh, use that again I've never heard that before and you are so right it is um, we are in the background yeah it's, it's perfect <laughs> it's absolutely perfect um so we're sort of coming to the end to the near the end of the podcast and just a couple more questions Simone I mean I I think our listeners will be so impressed I mean you're just you, you come across so calm and so informative and so um you're just covering everything Everything is covered, which is wonderful. <laughs> um, but I think, what advice would you give to a young PA starting their career? I would say never underestimate yourself or the importance of your role. Um, very few roles in a company are as important for the success of your principal or principals as an assistant role. And I think it's very important to take pride in that because unfortunately, we are still in a bit of an era where assistants are perceived they're either hugely valued or they are unfortunately perceived as sort of a 1950s who <laughs> don't realize how much power we actually have <laughs> yeah yeah um, and I think it can be a very lonely role at times but I think the most important asset that you can have is to, apart from the sort of core skills to be honest to be discreet um, and be proactive that's one thing. My boss comes out of meetings. I'll ask him, how did it go? Any actions to follow up on? And he'll immediately, he'll either say, nope, great, really happy. Or he'll say, yes. Or sometimes I'll say, by the way, you went into that meeting. Does this now change the other two meetings or the other pieces of work? Is that being covered? And it's things that he hasn't thought of himself. And sometimes he'll say, nope, that still needs to go ahead. And other yeah. times he'll be like, oh, no, that's great. Get rid of that. And it frees them up an hour. Yeah, fantastic. and then you were able to then go back to that person who it affects and say, "Look, this has been covered off," um, and obviously not diminishing because then they sometimes think, "Oh, I've lost my FaceTime," but you think, "No, he's really happy with this, so we're going to move that ahead a little." Yeah. Really important. Ask questions, um, and I think if you're being asked to attend meetings and take action points, don't be afraid to ask for help afterwards. I've been, yeah. in, I've sat and done some meetings where I've come back and looked at my notes and thought, oh my God, I don't understand what I've written down because it's so <laughs> detailed and I've gone over it again. And then when my boss has had a quiet moment or the person most relevant to that meeting, I've said, can we just double check this? Keep learning. Mm, Definitely. Don't be afraid to ask. Thank you 100%. so much. Thank you so much, Moon. You've You're really provided <laughs> nuggets of, of, of sort of, fantastic information and tips for our listeners and um, it's such a pleasure to talk to you um, you've got a wonderful career and great insight and um, 
you'd be a phenomenal mentor to somebody. Um, so thank you so, so much. Thanks very much, Emily. Lovely to see you. You too. Bye. Okay, bye.